Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Things and of course employment is one. There's a couple points that are important to understand about consumer people facing law. can succeed in some of these practice areas. So the idea would be you would find people that. All right. So let me get back to the webinar. Give me one second. I'm gonna open Q and A. All right, a lot of questions here. Oh, by the way, when you ask questions, if you're you've logged into Zoom or something, I never show people's names. You can feel free to ask anything you like. Consider deep insights into attorney career progression. Could you offer advice on balancing short-term career goals with long-term aspirations in practice areas and job opportunities? Okay, so attorneys typically have two. There's two types of law you can do. So if you wanted to work in a large law firm when you're young or when there's two types of law firms or law, two types of position, one would be uh, anything litigation uh, related is always uh, a good type of uh, practice here to get into in a large law firm. That sets you up to do family law. It sets you up to do uh, personal injury. It sets you up to do employment plaintiffs work, which is another great practice area. It sets you up to do all sorts of different practice areas. So if I wanted to set myself up for later success, if I wanted to work in a, in some sort of consumer facing practice area, I probably would do those. Other ones that I neglected to man mention are bankruptcy. So that's another one where it's not too hard to do, but you can do consumer bankruptcy and you can do that in a large law firm, but you can get trained there in a large law firm to do bankruptcy, not as frequent. And then you have transactional practice areas, which are things like corporate, bunch of different types of things. What you should try, and, and that's actually less likely to help you, less likely to help you with a consumer facing practice area. Okay. And then, so just, and then other Practice areas that they do in large law firms are like immigration, uh, which is a good, which just helps you. And I, if I was like, for example, if I was an immigration attorney, um, I almost definitely would try to do that practice area with my own firm. Uh, same thing with litigation, all these litigation uh, related things. Then of course, employment is one where you can uh, switch over to do something else. And then there's just a lot of, uh, then you have, of course, environmental, which you can do talk support. So what I would say is if I was going to work and if I was thinking about this kind of career progression, if I, meaning I wanted to work eventually in my own firm or I wanted to set myself up to do that, I would think in terms of what would I get into? I probably, other one too, that's interesting that I didn't really bring up was real estate. So a lot of real estate attorneys are able to learn transactional skills in a large law firms, they learn in a large law firm. And then it's pretty easy to start a, a practice here, like a, your own firm doing real estate work. Cause there's so many developers, especially in a city like LA. And it's, I know a lot of people have succeeded doing that. So that's how I would do it. Now, one of the things I would say, even though I was a little down on large law firms is I would recommend that if you can, it's always good to get a position in a large law firm first, just to get it on your resume when you get out of school. You also learn a lot of skills that you wouldn't normally have if you tried to work in a, if you didn't, if you didn't try to work in a large law firm first. So you'll learn, for example, how to be a better writer, better skills as a litigator. You'll learn uh, in employment, you'll get exposed to a lot of different laws and ways of thinking, so think environmental. And so all these different practice areas, if you can, it's always a smart thing to try to get a position in a large law firm first, if you can, in the largest law firm you can, because Really what you're getting in these firms is training. 
One other thing I wanted to offer that that I just, I don't understand a young attorneys really with the kind of emphasis on most important or an early number. I don't understand a lot of the uh, emphasis for young attorneys salary because really what you're getting when you work in a law firm is you're getting uh, training. So a law firm, regardless of the size, is training you and it's training you for free. It's training you and giving you uh, a salary. So you're, obviously it's a good thing to make a high salary, but big firm, you get you big firm, you get work training and then meaning how to do well in your practice here. And then in a small firm, smaller law firms will give you training in the practice area. And you'll also learn, you'll also learn how to bring in business plus how to bring in business and operate a business. Each firm that you can potentially go to work in is really an opportunity for training. It's just large firms. And, and so that's really what I think is one of the most important things for any attorney, especially young ones to understand our early in your career is that you really shouldn't care about your salary. You're getting trained. And so getting trained is better than holding out for a salary because people are uh, teaching you how to be a better trainer. Like I went and did a clerkship when I graduated. So my clerkship paid, this is a long time ago, maybe 30,000 a year or something or $35,000 a year. And then the law firms I could have gone to work with were paying like a hundred, but that was the smartest move I could have possibly made because I was able to get litigation training with a judge and that judge work, looked over my work, expected a certain quality, mentored me. And so that was an incredible experience. And I wouldn't have gotten that working in a law firm right away. I just, when I got into a law firm, it was much more effective. So your objective really when you're young is to get training. And there's really, that's really the only thing you should worry about. And I, I know people don't believe it, but if you work for a small law firm, you're going to learn how they do business. You're going to learn how you can improve it. You're going to learn the mistakes they're making. You're going to learn what they're doing that's working well. And suddenly you're in a position to start your own business and you're also training to practice here. If you work in a large law firm, large law firms, by the way, will train you to be a better attorney from the standpoint of being able to work on high level matters and to pr pr produce good work product than a small law firm. But again, that's one type of training. They're not going to teach you how to run a business. So no business training, which is okay, but, but that's going to set you back. And this is going to give you business training. And again, most people don't think about this. They don't realize it, but it's definitely something that's important. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Okay, thank you for this presentation. I'm a non-traditional student and I want to start a niche firm consumer facing as you stated. I will recall you explaining law firms teaching your graduates how to practice law. So my question is, 
how does a law graduate with entrepreneurial intentions learn how to successfully practice law and service individuals? Okay, so there's a couple of points that are important to understand about consumer-facing law. Most consumer-facing, if you're doing like commercial litigation, which is would be the kind of litigation, you're, you have to prove and argue all sorts of very complicated stuff. You have to argue the law against other sophisticated attorneys that are coming up with laws and things and the, the proof of an issue is is very difficult. And so it's really things are won based on the stab, based on how well you write things and how persuasive your arguments are, the law you find. But with personal injury as an example, the big thing is somebody's, if someone's hit by a car, there's not a lot of complicated proof. And all you really need to do is you need to buy a car. Not too difficult. You just need to basically know how much you can hold out for. You need to be able to establish causation and it's just not as sophisticated. So you don't, when I say it's not as sophisticated, it's basically more on the side of what does the attorney believe they can do? What, where's, how do the, there's just a bunch of different questions that are less important. Same thing with family law. Like a lot of these family law and uh, these practice areas do not require a lot of skill and turn. And when I, and I don't mean this as an insult, but they're, they don't require the level of detail and thought most of the time that a lot of the practice areas that large law firms do. And that's not to say that the people doing these practices aren't smart. It's just to say that they're not as difficult. So you can start a personal injury law firm. You can start a family law firm. You can start an immigration law firm. You can start all of these types of law firms. I've seen people do bankruptcy. I knew a woman that worked for me and went out and started a bankruptcy firm with no knowledge of helping consumers do bankruptcy. So all of these types of firms if you are entrepreneurial, you can go start. I've seen tons of people do it with no training and you can be very good at it. You can learn the law as you go along. And so it's not that difficult. There's also things like tax resolution. And the nice thing about these consumer-facing practice areas, which I think is interesting, is consumer-facing practice areas, consumer-facing practice Areas are have support networks. So there's all sorts of, if you search for people that will, you know, support groups for personal injury attorneys, there's literally entire websites with courses and meetings of people and all these sorts of things that will help you uh, learn how to be a personal injury attorney. There's ones that will teach you how to do family law. There's all these courses out there that, that help people that are trying to do this stuff, not just courses, but in these forums with weekly teleconferences or video and all these sorts of things. So there's all these things out there to help you if you want to do it. And that, and they basically are showing you, how do you run a business? How do you make money? How do you do social media? How do you do all these things? You have a lot of opportunities to learn all this stuff if you're able to, if, if you're interested in them. And there's courses, there's books on Amazon. There's just all these things that will show you how to do this work. So it's really not that difficult to learn. And it's fun because if you're motivated, you can, you'll absorb the knowledge out there and you can do very well. Okay. So this is, again, this is the same question. How can you provide insight for candidates who may not have graduated from the most prestigious schools, but are seeking employment and high profile practice law firms? How can they navigate this landscape effectively? Okay, so I'm going to say some things that aren't very nice to help you. And I'm just going to be very clear about this because it's important. So if you did not graduate from a top law school, you will have to work harder to prove yourself. You will have yourself. You will be more vulnerable to layoffs. 
So just think about it this way. If a firm's laying people off and has a choice between someone that went to not a great law school and someone that went to Stanford or something, you're more likely to get laid off. You may also have not the same and intellectual firepower. And I'm saying this because it's not a nice thing to say, but I want to explain to you why I'm saying this power as other attorneys. So when I was practicing law, there were some people where I would encounter them and I would be like, whoa, like this person was, is so much smarter than me. Like they have such a better understanding of things. And again, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm not a dumb person. I've always done very, anyway, it doesn't matter, but I would meet people like that. And I would say to myself, this person, if I go up against them in any matter, intellectually, they're just going to take my head off. So it's important to understand that. So if you go, if you are not as gifted, meaning, and I'll just tell you this, I'm, I have never done that well in science classes. I just didn't have the concentration. I didn't find it interesting. I did well in like physics for some reason and biology, but chemistry, forget about it. I never have been, I just don't have the, the, the intelligence or whatever it is. That would be very dumb for me to try to go up against people in some competition where I'm trying to be good at chemistry. I would be, it would be pathetic. And so sometimes if you are against, a, if you're trying to go to a big firm and you don't have the same intellectual firepower uh, that the people there do, uh, that's not a good thing uh, because it's not to say you can't do the work, but why would you want to put yourself up against people that are smarter? Or if they're not smarter, maybe you are smart. Then you have to worry about your law school. So what happens? So I see all the time, and I'm not being mean here, uh, but I see all the time people that they, that resumes say things like attorney instead of associate. There's all these different words that people call themselves and they go to work in large law firms and they're never maybe staff attorney. They're never really, they're never going to be associates there. And a lot of times they give them that title because they're law school. So their law school or whatever. So those people are always going to be second-class citizens in large law firms. Now, I'm just saying personally, I don't think that's that smart. I think that you should go into an environment where uh, you can excel, where you are not just equal to other people, but you can actually be better. And, and the, the thing about these practice areas, like consumer-facing practice areas, is anyone can run with them. And, and do well. I remember I was very interested in personal injury law, for example, when I was in law school. And I went around the country, actually, I wrote a book that was horribly written. But anyway, I wrote a book and about personal injury lawyers and my kind of observations. And what I saw was that most of them, the really good ones, did not do well in law school. They were bottom of their class, but they had the passion and things. And so some of that stuff matters more in different practice areas than others. I just do not think it makes sense for someone to try to work in a large law firm where they're always going to be second-class citizens. Now, I want to keep answering your question. So who can succeed in these roles? A lot of people can. So you don't need to necessarily go to a, a top law school in order to get a job in a large law firm. So some of the exceptions are patent attorneys. They, can, they typically have scientific backgrounds that can be very successful. People in niche practice areas can succeed, which things would be like maybe healthcare law and things where they might've had a healthcare background. People can succeed in some of these practice areas like family law. Some large law firms do that. They do 
immigration. They do, they may do employment related. So that's usually okay. The bar is a little lower. You can do practices like that. There's things like ERISA and employee benefits where, where you can go to get an LLM or something and, and do very well. So these are the people that do well. And these types of practice areas, you can do well. And sometimes corporate related, if you're able to get training in those practice areas, so that can be good. So these are just some practice areas. And then, and this is without regards to your education. So these are the people that, that do well. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. If you're a patent attorney, people are more interested in your scientific background than your law school. But the thing you need to realize about you know, these trying to work in a large law firm is the problem is that other attorneys in the firm are aware uh, of your qualifications and they will hold it against you. I'm just being honest, will hold it against you. And not only that, but law firms have large ones, work for general counsels and so forth. And they're always aware and they are aware uh, of your um, qualifications and they expect good qualifications. So I'm just, I'm not trying to rein in your prey. I don't want to make it seem like people can't get jobs in large law firms without uh, the best backgrounds. You don't need to have gone to a prestigious law school. Uh, to get a job in a large law firm. But in order to get a job in a large law firm, uh, if you didn't go to a top law school, non-top law schools um, uh, acquire awesome academic performance. That's just what it is. And so that's just how it works. If you don't have awesome academic performance, it's very difficult. Yeah, I apologize for providing you so much information. I apologize for upsetting people because that's not my, my intent. But my intent here is to tell you that if you are trying to push for something, that's that where you may be at a distinct disadvantage, then that's not always a good thing. Now, the, the big thing I would say, though, is that if you are driven and it's more important to you, and it's extremely important to you to work in a large law firm to do this and succeed, you can. You can. So you just need, yeah, you can. So I'll, I'll tell you a quick story and then I'll move on to the next question. So there is a, I remember there was a woman in Chicago, one's a recruiter that's no longer with us, but a, a recruiter in our Chicago office that had been working with the same woman since she had been an associate and helping her move firms. And so when she was a young associate, she started off at a firm that wasn't that prestigious, meaning that barely worked for corporate clients. And it might've been the equivalent of two that I was talking about today. And so she worked for that type of firm. And then the recruiter got her a job at a little bit bigger firm, a little bit bigger firm. And then eventually this woman started building a big book of business and she got to a $3 million book after 15 years. And then she worked, she got a job in the AMA 100 law firm. And then she wanted to keep improving the quality of law firm she worked at. So then it was like, she was more concerned about working for like a 
a major brand name firm think like Latham or Scouting or something. And they would be like, but you can come back when you've got 10 million. And so she just kept improving and didn't have a law school pedigree, didn't get that kind of job out of law school, but that was her whole obsession of what she wanted to do is work in a big law firm like that. And she eventually got to a law firm that I don't remember which one it was, but it was a huge, very well-respected law firm that was just pretty amazing. And what a great job she did. So that's just how it works. So if you want any of this stuff, you can get it. There are obstacles in the way, but if you're motivated enough, you'll figure out how to get it done. You'll figure out, you'll study it. You'll get yourself psyched up. You'll get motivated. You will learn how to motivate yourself. You'll do all these things and it will put you in a position where you can actually get what what you this type of position in the long run. So if this is what you want, this is what you can have, but you need to motivate yourself and think about it and need to watch things like educational things like I'm doing on this webinar. I won't go back and watch uh, old webinars. And so that will help you more in the long run. Can you discuss resources and platforms that attorneys can leverage to find job opportunities, niche legal practices, legal writing, legal entrepreneurship, or legal education outside of traditional academic roles? Okay. I operate a site called Law Crossing. You can search for non-traditional things there. You can things there. You can go to job boards and search for that sort of thing. You can, but then as you are interested in different things, now I don't know that you can find jobs in legal entrepreneurship. But or, or legal education, I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but you can find those things. Most of the time when you're looking for those type of opportunities, you need to put yourself in positions where you need to put yourself in a position where you can find them. I don't know how to a position where you can find them. Sorry, I'm just writing this down. What does that mean? That means that you want to be in a position where you can, where those positions come to you, where you can you're learning about them. So the idea would be you would find people that are doing legal writing as a career and you would ask them, how do you get the job? What did you do? And if you wanted to find entrepreneurs that are legal, you would do, you would find them and you would ask them, how did you do it? What did you do? Do you know of other things? Legal education, you would find the kind of people that do that and you would ask them, how did you do it? What did you do? And so a lot of times the, the things that are most difficult for people to do, which are networking and contacting people and messaging people, most people that are successful at something actually do want to talk to others, want to tell others how they became successful, what they did. And, and so that's uh, a good opportunity for you is if you do things that way. So I don't know that there's, for there to be a, a platform or a resource for people to discuss this sort of thing, you would probably, people that these opportunities aren't always advertised. You can also search the top law schools. There's forums on there that can help you. There's also forums where people discuss this sort of thing or stuff is discussed. You can also search Reddit. So Reddit has stuff, which is fun. And those are some with discussions and things. So those are some ways that I would recommend if I was doing it. These are great questions. Thank you everyone for asking these really good questions. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.